Hello, everyone, and welcome along to episode 42 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. Hey, Nick, you may remember this face. We were here at the exact same time last week, and there just wasn't enough. When we got about halfway through the podcast, I think we were about 35, 40 minutes in, and we'd only really got through two of the questions that we wanted to talk about, and it just wasn't fair to you, the audience, or Nick to try and jam all the rest of that. In fact, it's not, not really even about being fair. It wasn't fair, but it wasn't physically possible to jam all the rest of the information into that hour. So halfway through, I decided that there needed to be a part two. Here we are with that part two with Nick, a guy who has helped me massively with my business in the past three, four years. Um, I just wouldn't have got to where I am today with my e-commerce business, which sells a pretty weird product, to be honest with you, a very niche product. <laughs> which I'm sure Nick will agree with me. Um, yeah. Nick is an e-commerce expert and ex Etsy consultant. He works with all the big four major platforms, Amazon, Etsy, eBay, and Shopify, and he really gets stores rocketing. He's an expert turning failing stores around, getting good stores started, and, and, and you know, taking those stores to the next level, the ones that have already been embedded in for a while. Like I said, we're going to be dropping, well, Nick's going to be dropping, I'm going to be discussing that with him, but dropping some more gold nuggets today. If you are in the world of e-commerce or if you're thinking about selling on Amazon, Etsy, eBay or Shopify, or if you just heard or you're aware of the fact that this really is the gold rush time for e-commerce, which has been just capitalized and fueled by what has happened this year with the pandemic, then this episode is for you, my friends. So we're going to be covering the misunderstanding around e-commerce and SEO, how ranking and the quality score, which is a big thing, comes into it, how to get your quality score and how sales velocity is the rocket fuel to that quality score. Nick, how are you and how's Cyprus? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, it's still warm here. It, today it's 20, about 23, 24 degrees. It's sunny outside um yeah really nice and um really quiet because of course there's no um tourists really here because of the pandemic so nice yeah. <laughs> it's nice all year round in cyprus isn't it weather-wise yeah it's i mean we're we're about 350 meters up um but on the coast it's a three mm. or four degrees than it is here even in january it doesn't really go be below 15 degrees something like that lots of sun yeah it's nice yeah it never gets cold nice. really i mean and that's the kind of place and, and lifestyle you can live and, and the internet lets it happen isn't it it's just great <laughs> yeah cyprus is is um it's for a you know for a mediterranean area place it's a bit more progressive uh, in terms of being able to set up businesses run businesses um and make a make a living um yeah mm. it's a good place to do it and there's um there are elements in each major city area uh, where where younger people congregate and uh, entrepreneurs uh, freelancers things like that um for instance in the town where i live um there's a building that's just dedicated to freelancers you can go and yeah. uh, and rent a t rent a desk sit down mm. and and your online business it's yeah it's pretty cool i just want you to say that i i don't and, and you know this about my business i don't have an office i don't have a brick and mortar building I, mm -hmm. I have people that help me with the business, but I don't have anyone that I staff I employ. Most of it's just run off this device right here. Um, yeah. and, and, but I do have um, an office 
excuse me, just checking the phone is on charge because that's what the Wi-Fi is running off to run this. Um, I do have like an office over the space like across the road from my house where I just go when I don't want to work inside the house. Uh, they're great spaces. I forget what they call them, hot desks or um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, co-working spaces, that's what they call them. But anyway, yeah. um, just, we'll just give a little bit of a background on kind of how you got into that, Nick. Not not just giving the sizzle, not the steak. I mean, some people will have seen this episode last week. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you didn't always work in this space. You moved to Cyprus and, and started selling, I mean, stones off the beach online, and it led to the position you're in today. Yeah, yeah. To, just to give a brief synopsis or recap, um, uh, we left England seven years ago to live on a small Greek island, and it was an incredibly difficult place to um, to be able to earn a living. There was only eight thousand people there, very mm. few jobs. So we started by um, finding stones on the beach um, and putting them in groups, um, making nice photos with them, and starting to sell them to people who use those stones to in their business or their hobbies. Um, and that grew grew quite well. And then I realized that I could also advise people on um, Etsy and eBay and my website as well, which is where we were selling. I realized that um, I, I started to notice things about these platforms that other people hadn't noticed and then was able to charge people money to give them that advice and grow their business as well as mine. And then that slowly took over my stone and mineral business as the main um, source of income and now it's it's almost all of it you know we still do the the stones and the minerals because it's 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 just a hobby it's good fun um keeps us fit but it was the entry into this world of e-commerce and e-commerce uh, online selling and more specifically working out how these platforms um the inner workings of the platforms and 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 knowing that as sellers we have to give these platforms certain things to be rewarded with sales this is the yeah. this is what we were getting towards last time but we didn't have enough time um which is uh, which is what i, I want to focus on a, a bit more in depth today yeah yeah and i mean just in that guys i mean nick started a business essentially taking rock stones off the beach selling them on online and that in itself just tells you that it doesn't matter what you sell as long as you know to show it to the right people and you know who those people are, you can make a very successful business and actually a living online. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's. it's yeah. It, uh, I gave the example last week of you, you. You know, you can take one stone and then and then SEO it three or four different ways into different markets, and totally different people within different interests, different lifestyles are buying them, but it's the same stone. Um, and I guess the moral of that story was. You, you you really look at an idea or you have a passion or an interest, but think where you can apply that passion or how you can twist that interest and passion into areas that maybe other people haven't thought of or other businesses haven't, haven't un unearthed. Like I, I couldn't believe how, how many different types of people want to buy a stone. It's, it's crazy, but it's a really good example. It is a great example. And, um, I mean, it's something I suppose is very versatile in, its, in itself. One thing I didn't mention, everyone, that uh, we will be having a bit of, little bit of a and a at the end if anyone wants to ask Nick some questions. We've left a little, yeah. little bit of time for that. Um, so when I do that, I will have to jump over onto the Facebook platform just to see all the comments. But, yeah, do hang around for that at the end if there's any questions you want to ask Nick. So, Nick, let's dive into the subjects we're going to be talking about today, which the first one is 
the misunderstanding around e-commerce SEO, which for anyone who doesn't know what SEO stands for, search engine optimization, essentially the words, keywords, the, the, the actual physical words that you type into a search engine that then connects the product you're selling um, to those, those words, so you're showing up essentially. Uh, and why ranking does not come from those keywords, those words that you're typing in on places like Etsy, Amazon, eBay, and even Shopify stores. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It does include it includes the web, the, the the you know your website. I'll explain that how how that is exact. It's the same thing, but in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's start then. So the 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 first thing, and you you know whoever's watching this, um, if you're on Etsy, you're on Amazon, you're on eBay, you have a Shopify website, you'll see everywhere on YouTube adverts. Um, just everywhere about ranking, um, you know, people selling you various courses, various materials or um, downloads for you to how to rank on Amazon, how to rank on Etsy, um, you know, and that there's some kind of formula with keywords um, you, using various um, other pieces of software to find these keywords that will uh, catapult your listing to the first page of whatever the search is on the platform you're on and that you will sell thousands and thousands of uh, dollars, euros worth of products every month once you crack this SEO um, conundrum. And the biggest misunderstanding um, in e-commerce when you come to sell online uh, on, on any, any platform is that SEO will get you there that SEO will take you there, that you need to be really good at SEO, and that once you are, um, all your sales will come in from that SEO. SEO is, in e-commerce, is a small part of the process of becoming successful. Um, when you're a new store, it is fairly important. I, won't, I will not say that SEO doesn't have importance. Of course it does, mm -hmm. and never more than when you're a new store. But the way that um, SEO works is it's just an introductory um, path into something that I call, and lots of people call, um, quality score. So when you're a new store and you, you, you put your products out there, you think, well, I'm putting my products out there. The SEO is going to work. I'll add some more products, and that's it. And it all just sort of takes care of itself, hopefully, and you make sales. Um, but what's going on behind the scenes is not SEO making you successful. SEO gets you in to be visible. So SEO just gets you visible. And from there, the platforms, especially Etsy, eBay, and Amazon, they're monitoring your listing across several different characteristics to then artificially give this listing something that I call and others call quality score. So when you put a listing out there with the SEO, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, a T-shirt, really common example that lots of people sell, a T-shirt. So mm -hmm. the T-shirt comes in and you've used your keywords, you know, men's funky T-shirt, men's sports T-shirt, what, whatever it is, and the algorithm will, will put your T-shirt somewhere in the first 10 pages of search, 15 pages of search, so it can be found. So the algorithm needs to give you something. It needs to needs to it needs to give you an ability for your product to pick up 
the first pieces of quality score. And the first pieces of quality score are always search visits. So the first thing is just a visit. Someone comes in, they look at your T-shirt, they go away. But how long did they stay looking at the T-shirt? Did they scroll down the page and look at the description? Did they drop the, 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 the price bar to see if, you know, how many different prices there were? You know, did they add it to their cart? So these first seemingly innocuous moves by a customer on your product give your product quality score. Those simple things that I've just mentioned are fragments of quality score, which you've now gained. So if you start getting bits of quality score, um, the platform will want to just move your product a little bit further to see if it's possible for you to make a sale. And on Etsy, for example, lots of people, maybe some people have noticed this that are watching, you'll list a product and then you can go and find it on page eight, page nine, usually between eight pages, eight and 13, about an hour after you've listed it, you should be able to go and find it somewhere there. And then what happens is Etsy will move it up over the following days to attract more traffic to see if it will make a sale, to see if that quality score comes in in, in, in a significant amount. The two biggest sources of, of quality score, by the way, guys, one is a sale and two is the review on that sale. So those are the two biggest sources of quality score. So if the T-shirt sells, that's massive for you in that and that product and your store. A light bulb literally goes on around that product. It's a visibility light bulb. So all of a sudden, it's visible. Etsy says, whoa, you've sold something. Great. I'm going to move you up further. So what happens is, you get an artificial boost on your product. This applies to Amazon, Etsy, and eBay, and indirectly websites as well. I'll separate websites. I'm going to talk about it at the end, uh, yeah. if that's all right, Okay. Yeah, they are a little so, bit different. Answer. Yes, yes. So Etsy boosts the product because you've sold one, and Etsy wants to make money. So if you've sold one, then it wants you to sell another one. You're happy. Etsy's happy. They collect their fees. You get your sales, uh, and everyone's happy. So they push it up. Now, Etsy guys and Amazon guys and eBay guys, you will know 100% the proof in what I'm telling you now. You will get what's called run-on sales. So you will get sales of an item happening over and over again. Once you've sold one, you'll very often sell another one and then another one and then another one until either you don't sell any more or someone else comes along with a better product than you and they start making sales faster and you'll start to tail off. But um, the point of what I'm saying is that on Etsy, um, you will keep selling and selling and selling and eventually you get what Etsy calls the bestseller badge. So they give you a badge which is stuck to that listing and that basically means you've, you've gone as high as you can go. You've beaten everybody else in that niche, whatever that product is. So, you know, obviously t-shirts really hard, really hard. But if you, yeah. if you make something a little bit more obscure, then it's easier to get the bestseller. So I'm sure many people have seen this. So that, that's the first thing that happens. So we're talking about SEO opening you into the, into the exposure to the market. But very, very quickly after that, it's not about SEO. It's about attention. It's about attention on your product and then 
you making sales on that product and then the platform pushing you up as a reward um, for making those sales. Now, there's another thing that happens as well as um, you getting boosted on that product. There is also something I, I call in my consultancy, I, I'm, I'm sure other consultants or other people who know about this have other names for it, but I call it an inherited relevancy boost. So as well as the product getting a boost, which is visible, you can see it, and I'm sure lots of you have seen it, your store will also get a very, very small boost. And I mean, it, it's, it's micro compared to the big boost that the product gets. But mm. there's a reason for that as well, because if your product's sold and your product keeps selling and then you've got another product that sells and then another one, well, Etsy and Amazon and eBay, they, they want to start making your store move up so that its footprint as a whole, if you're proving to the platform that you can sell and you can make sell, sales, then, then the platform wants to move you up in visibility as a whole so that it can see whether your other products are going to um, sell faster. So it's, it's almost like a double boost. You get a product boost, but then you also get a store boost as well. And the secret to big, big success, and guys who are on Amazon, you'll know this, and, and the eBay and Etsy as well, but Amazon's the real big one, is velocity of sales. So yeah. Once you start selling, the quicker you can hammer out those repeat sales, that's literally like gold to the algorithm. You're saying to the algorithm, I'm the best. I'm the best. Come and look at me. Come and look at me. I'm going to sell more than everyone else. And they will push your item like crazy. And on Amazon, I, I've worked with a client of mine um, who sells between 10 and $25 million of T-shirts a year. I helped get him there. And he was making a sale on Amazon. It was too fast for his for his um, phone to even register. So it was under two minutes of sale. So it was wow. like 60 seconds. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. This was categoric proof of what I'm talking about in action, about him getting some products selling so fast because he'd been smart and found unique ways to twist the product, which is something else I talk about a lot, twisting products, but making a successful twist. And then people just, just went crazy. So it's not SEO. That has got nothing to do with SEO. As long as the keyword matches what the customer says, it's the mm. quality score behind pushing this out everywhere to be sold. Yeah, uh, and don't forget, guys. You know why do why do you get moved at the rankings? Why does the why does the platform eBay, Etsy, Amazon want to show you more? Because when they make when you make money, when you make a sale, they're making money as well. And you know that's what they're. Of course, they're providing you the platform to make money, but don't forget they're wanting to make money as well. So you know you can akin it to a high street store. You know a high street store it may sell different stock from various different manufacturers, but it's always going to put the one that's selling the most right outside the front of the store or you know you can akin it to um a supermarket they have what they call the gondola ends which is at the end of each aisle they have like a, it's usually a pyramid um it's always the kind of thing i guess if you've got kids you fear them knocking it over and it all just falling down <laughs> but they put that at the gondola end and and people the brands pay very big money to have their products placed there and and it's usually very either products that are on a heavy promotion and they've paid for them to be there or products that are selling very well or, or you know, they're like theme products or Halloween or Christmas theme products. But the reason they're there is because they're making 
the supermarket, the high street store, uh, and in the case we're talking about, you know, eBay, Etsy, Amazon, they're going to move you up the rankings because they know they're going to make more money from from the sales you're making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah. go on, Nick. No, okay. go ahead. Before I want to go into a bit more about the mechanics of stores, which I'll talk about in a minute. But before I did say I wanted to talk about websites and Shopify. So mm. we talked about how how it works on e-commerce platforms, but you know when it comes to a website, people will say, "Ah, oh, okay, you know, well, how does that work with a website? That you know, no one's pushing quality score. It's me with my website. So the understanding is quite simple. The quality score is hidden within the search engines so whereas the algorithm on an e-commerce platform is the is the gatekeeper the holder of the quality score on the internet it's google it's bing it's yahoo it's the search engines it's exactly the same so your amazon your your website which is your product gets listed indexed in in the search engines and then it's exactly the same the customer comes in. They land on your. They land on your T-shirt store, a Shopify store page, your website. They click on a T-shirt. How long do they stay on that T-shirt? Did they scroll down the page? Did they read at a human level of interaction, or you know, so that the search engine thinks this is a genuine search? Did they click on any buttons? Did they add it to the cart? Did they? All of this stuff is signaling to Google, just like Etsy, Amazon, and eBay, that the page is worth looking at. The longer you stay there, the more you do on that page or the website, the higher the search engine's going to rank you because the guy or the girl would have typed in men's fun- funky T-shirt or funny man's T-shirt or whatever the keyword was, and they went, they found your site, and then they spent time on it. It's the SEO that got you there, but the quality of the experience of the visit that pushes you up. So it, again, it's it, it's getting past SEO. Um, when I deal with people in my consultancy about SEO, uh, talking about SEO, they all pile into me wanting SEO work. Mm. And the very first thing I do is I pass them through my filter, my screening process, about whether they have any grounds at all to be talking about SEO. Because honestly, I'm talking like overwhelming 90, 95% of the time. We don't need to be talking about SEO. We need to be talking about quality score. Mm. And usually the lack of quality score, why their store isn't working, why are they missing quality score? What haven't they done or what have they done very badly? And let me give you an example of someone doing something very badly with quality score. Every time you list a product, you get given neutral quality score. So it's neither good or bad. And something that a lot of people do and make a huge mistake, it will kill your store if you do this, is you take your items from Shopify and you bounce them across to Etsy. So you flood your store in a weekend with, say, 500 items. People, And if you don't know anything, you would assume that's okay Hmm. because you don't know the pitfall of what you've just done. And, And the pitfall is you've released 500 light bulbs of visibility all at once into the platform. The platform sees a nuclear bomb going off, right? It's crazy. A massive bomb of visibility and then nothing. Yeah. So the algorithm goes, whoa, whoa, what what was that? 
what you know why did we just get this big corona no pun intended of visibility and then it disappeared and that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make uh, on any platform flooding it with listings and expecting it to be okay you're, you're essentially spamming the platform and, and i mean and there's no there's no there's no wonder why people wouldn't think to do that because of course things like shopify provide you with the apps and, and you know somewhat um co coax you into going hey make sure you connect your etsy and your amazon and your ebay and and because you can instantly just transfer the products across it makes it very easy for you but yeah yep. it's, it's, it's um you know it comes again and again and again patience and persistence are two of the biggest skills you're going to need in, in from a mindset perspective in in the world of business and entrepreneurship you know this stuff that we're talking about here nick and, and perhaps you can give a bit more context context than i can you know it, we're not talking about days here we're not talking about weeks we're talking about months and many of them and and really years as well i know it took me that long to get to a good a good stage and, and many of the people that i know um particularly with amazon now amazon's becoming a lot more competitive i'm not saying any of this stuff is impossible you can have great success with it but it just takes time yeah absolutely the the thing is um we've all been um led to believe especially in the last three years everyone i'm sure would have seen all these videos on youtube telling you how to they basically want to sell you a course they want to sell you information on how you can very quickly get a ten thousand dollar a month product on amazon um you you know you don't need months and months to do this this can be done in a couple of weeks you know quick amount of time now I, it is it is possible to do that you can set up amazon and with the correct marketing and the correct thinking behind a product product launch it get velocity of sale to then make a lot of sales because the algorithm then pushes the product and then you get these $5,000 a month, $10,000 a month, $20,000 a month products and more. It can be done, yes. But the reality is, and this is for the overwhelming, overwhelming uh, amount of people is it's not going to work. It's not going to no. work because, no. yeah, you, you, your components that would be necessary and i'm only talking on amazon here by the way uh, this doesn't apply what i'm talking about now doesn't apply to etsy or ebay this is something to do with amazon because of the sheer number of customers that shop on amazon it's unlike anywhere else you can get these insane sales runs on products and i'm sure some people who will watch this will have had that experience um but for most people the reality is the second part of the two things that's one side of it this 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 or it's, it's not a dream, but it's unlikely that, that you're going to do this, this, but it is possible. The second path is what happens to most people, which is you need to realize that you have to give something to the platform, which is your products. But more than that, understand that you've got to have a path pathway for your products. So you can't just say, well, I'm going to list 20 products on Etsy. And because my product's so damn good, it's going to sell and I'm going to be fine or 30 or 40 or 50. It's not going to work. It very rarely will a small store sell very, very fast. And if they do, it's because they've got outside traffic pointing into the store. So the small yeah. store will either have an incredible brand, which they're using to, to sell. The Etsy is just a vehicle for them to sell because they're already selling 
or they've got big social media links pointing in with tens of thousands of followers to fuel those products, which then get artificially boosted because they've got traffic coming in. So most people, what you have to do is understand that the platform wants from you your money. The platform wants your money and the money is transferred through you listing products. You have to pay. On Amazon, you pay a monthly fee. On Etsy, you pay uh, listing fees, seller fees, uh, eBay it, listing fees, seller fees. Mm. And then you enter into this quality score trade. So once you understand that that's how it works, you need to start listing products. And they won't just let, let you list 10 or 20 products and make uh, three, $5,000 a month. It's not going to happen. No, they want you to slowly and steadily list more and more products so that mm. they get a good idea of what you are and what you're selling and how the stuff that you're selling sits in the algorithm with all the other stuff that everybody else is selling so that they can start to give you a quality score. Yeah. So that then creates your space. That you then exist, you start to grow, you list more products and hopefully a good portion of your products will, will gain a positive quality score through the, the, the mechanisms I've just said, uh, search traffic, favorites, sales, reviews. And then you start to get what is known in the industry as winning products and losing products. Most stores will be filled with something anywhere between 30% and 50% of those store products will be losing. They, after a year, they will be losing products, meaning they've never sold or they've only sold one or two items, and that's not enough. And then the other 50% are made up with occasional sellers, moderate sellers, good sellers, and then your top flight, three, four, five, six products that just sell like crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like to get into that seasonal selling products as well. You know, you can have some products that don't sell anything for nine months of the year, but, um, you know, then they go crazy for, for three months because they're either giftable products or Halloween products or you know, uh, Father's Day, Mother's Day products. Yeah. Yeah. This is an important point, Jake. This is a really important point. Something I tell my clients with um, eBay, Amazon, and Etsy is give every product 12 months to prove itself. And the reason is a product can sit there doing absolutely nothing for 10 months. And you're sitting there going, I thought this product was good. I thought it was good. Uh, it's not. And then you get to November. Q4 and it starts selling and then all of a sudden you're doing five units a day, 10 units a day because at that time in Q4 it's a giftable item, it's an item that is relevant to the, to the selling, Christmas selling season. You, It's 12 months you give your item. If it doesn't sell in that time, it's a dead product. It's a dead mm. product. On, on Amazon, 12 months is probably too long. I'd say six months. But just, yeah. as a, as, just to give the purpose, if it's never sold in 12 months or just one or two, it, it's a failed product. No, yeah, I agree. Um, and, and particularly knowing, I speak from experience here, people may or may not know who watch. I tried to do the thing with Amazon. For me, it didn't work. You know, Nick, you know that. And I, I ended up canning the product. For me, it just didn't. There was, there was kind of a couple of things going on there. It was just, it was more really what was going on for me. I had so many things going on that, that my other business, Paddock Blade, was excelling so well that I needed yeah. to spend all my time and focus on that. Um, I probably will go back to Amazon at some point. I may even bring the product, product, products over to Amazon, who knows? But, yeah, um, 
And I just want to say, like, you know, the things we're talking about here, you know, it is possible to have overnight access with any of these platforms, but it's also possible to buy a lottery ticket tomorrow and win. You know, these things do happen, but and you've got to be in it to win it quite literally. But having the expectation that and 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 going into it at entry level, having the expectation that that's what is going to happen to you is just too much potential to lead to massive disappointment. And then for you to just come away from the platform immediately because you've been watching videos on YouTube and someone in the Ferrari or the Maserati, um, which yeah. is probably rent or hide anyway, has told you that if you buy their course within two weeks, um, you know, you'll be earning $10,000. Well, the course probably costs half of that anyway. So just keep an open mind, guys, and, and you know, um, listen to genuine, authentic people like Nick who have helped people with hundreds of stores. Um, and me for that matter, I've got a lot of experience in this in this industry, in this space, that it doesn't happen quickly. It can happen quickly and it's possible, but yeah, I wouldn't go in with that with that perspective. I would, I would just, like like any business, you know, like they say with any business, you know, it takes two years to make good money and um, e-commerce can happen quicker than that for sure. But I would go in with the expectation of, you know, I'm going to be in this for a few years and then see how it turns out from there. And having said that and kind of strapping onto the side of that, it did used to be a lot easier on these platforms, didn't it, Nick? I remember when I was – I must have been 12 or 13. I really can't have been much older than that when I was flipping stuff on eBay. Um, a lot of stuff, it was just like stuff I'd find in the garage or at home, and I'd just like be, oh, well, yeah, I reckon I can sell that for a few dollars. And I'll never forget one, one thing I saw was my collection of WWF wrestling figures. I was just mad about wrestling, and then I – and then I got to maybe 14, 15, 16. I think I figured out what, um, like, about girls or something like that and thought, oh, these aren't cool. Everyone's going to think I'm a geek if I keep collecting these. And I sold them all. And it's one thing I really regret doing because they're, like, A, they're highly valuable now, and, B, I kind of like wrestling again. So, um, yeah, yeah, but uh, it, was a lot <laughs> it was a lot easier, wasn't it? You And, you know, they just used to let you list things at scale. You could you, you could go on straight away and list as many things as you want and make as much revenue as you want. Um, but as time's gone on, they've obviously realised that it's smarter for them and actually probably for you to to let you enter in stages and step up the levels. Um, so yeah, it, it used to be a heck of a lot easier. I know particularly on Amazon, yeah. you come with the right product, list it at the right time of year, and be making big money real quick. Yeah. It's um, they used to. Um, the best example for this is is on Etsy. Up until late two thousand and eleven, they used to run their search algorithm on recency. So this would just mean if yours was the most recent product listed, and someone types in the keyword for that product, you would be seen because you're the most recent. So very quickly, people realised they could game the system by constantly renewing their product, sending a 20 cent fee to Etsy to relist it. And they would be at the front of search all day long, all night long, as long as they could keep pressing renew. So that all changed in 2000, late 2011 to relevancy. And um, all platforms now use relevancy rather than recency. So you can't game the system that way. But of course, people realized that you could artificially influence, especially Amazon. Amazon yeah. by injecting sales the same way um, as Amazon does. 
you can't do it on Etsy if there that you 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 if you have outside traffic coming in, it won't count it in the same way as an organic search request. It's not the same. But on Amazon, for years you could you could just pump Amazon with external sales, getting basically just getting people to buy and review your products. I mean, it's got a lot harder now, way harder. It's still going on, but just really hard. Um, and make tons of money because they you know it's just a signal that the algorithm says oh wow okay this product it's a1 it keeps selling i'm going to push you right to the top um so yeah it's it, it's much harder now to, to game the system than it used to be but there was a definitely a gold gold rush period of time um between say 2006 and 2011 yeah you could make a lot of money just by renewing your products yeah yeah, I mean, and that was it, essentially. I didn't really touch on that. You know, one of the reasons they, they did make it not more difficult but just more complex is because people were hacking the system and gaming, 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 gaming the system, you know, just figuring out ways to um, uh, yep. exploit the system to get it to work to their favour. And, and, and to that point, I would like to say that any of that stuff is quite frankly bullshit. There is no hacks. There is no secret tricks in this space. Of course, there's tactics and methods and ways um, which are, you know, which are, take time to play out and are genuine and to follow. But when you're seeing stuff online where it's like, I'll use this hack to get more sales and more Amazon sales, you know, or this latest hack, you know, or this latest trick, it's all BS, guys. It's all rubbish. And all that's going to happen is eventually, yes, you might make some money in quite a short time, but like they say, easy come, easy go. The platform will find you out for what you're doing and they'll ban you from selling and they'll probably ban you, your IP and your name, your email, your address, you as a whole from actually being able to sell on that platform. So short short from actually um, getting a whole new identity in life, you'll be banned from selling from them platforms for life. So um, I just wanted to say that I think it's pretty important to make people aware who are perhaps thinking of going into this space. There's, there's no shortcuts for hard work and, and using tried and proven methods that do take time to pay out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, once you realise that there is a there is there is a set series of gates that you have to pass through um, to become successful on these these platforms, the quicker you get into the mindset that I give something to you, the platform, and you give something to me, and over time uh, we we both make more money. Um, the sooner you accept that and understand that you you you've got to go through these paths, these gates, the more successful you will be. Um, there is a massive glut of people coming into my consultancy at the moment. I deal with Etsy, Amazon, eBay, and Shopify, and people coming in, um, literally saying to me, I, I think I touched on this briefly last week. Um, my store's been open three weeks. I've had no sales. Um, help, and then I say how many items have you got? And they say 20, 30. Um, did you, you know, what research have you done? Have you looked on Etsy um, to see if anyone else is selling this stuff? Oh, yeah, 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 I've done that. Okay. And then I say, how does your product differ in any way to what's already out there? Oh, 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 oh it, it's different. It's different. Oh, how is it different? And we go and look and, and I, and I, and I analyze their, their business model, and it's nothing different to a thousand, ten thousand other stores on Etsy selling the same thing mm -hmm. at the same price 
with the same photography because they've done print on demand and they're doing the same thing and they think that they're going to make money. It, it, you're not going to. You have to think more and work, uh, put more into it than that to, to become successful. And and you know what? That is actually exactly what happened to me on Amazon. I sold a product that 100 other people were selling at a time where it was just getting more and more popular, probably should have taken action quicker. And before I knew it, I just had a product that was getting made on mass and you couldn't, like, it didn't matter what I did. You, it was, you know, well, I'll tell everyone it was a scratch map of the world. It was a fantastic product, a map with a gold foil yep. layer that you scratched off where you've been. It's a great product. And I really went yep. to town to design one that was, I mean, semi-unique in that it had so many borders and, and, and features on there and national parks and wonders of the world. But essentially, you know, it, it was a map and there's only one way to photograph a map and that's pretty much square on so you can show the whole of it. Of course, you can go in and do little intricacies. But... Um, it's uh yeah it, it it can make it pretty difficult um i always think the more niche your product is the more um off off kind of off square off center it is the more kind of out there it is the more you've got a certain audience to dial into then and you know how to who that audience is and to advertise to them to that end i think you you're you're way ahead of the pack with products like that yeah, absolutely. If you if you get into um, a niche area with your products, and most importantly, know that you're going to supply a significant amount of those products, because remember that's where quality score comes from. It's not enough to have one product. You you need an arsenal, a brand, a business, an identity of what you're going to do. But the more niche it is, the easier it is to obtain quality score from the platform. For example, I mean, I don't, I, I don't mind telling you the, you guys this. Um, in my mineral store, my stone store, I sell. This is another good example of quality score. I sell volcanic rock. So I sell volcanic rock. You, you can go and find volcanic rock on the internet, right? But you can't find the volcanic rock that I've got <laughs> because I've happened to find one person selling this rock and. He's not interested in the internet. He's not interested in selling online. He's not, but I am. And the yeah. twist, these little pieces of volcanic rock, I sell it as aromatherapy infusing rock. It's, mm -hmm. it's just volcanic rock, but it's sold in batches that you put into a holder and then you, you drizzle your oil on it and then heat it underneath with a candle and it releases these wonderful um, aromas into your uh, house or or meditation space or office or workspace whatever you're doing and it sells all year That's round yeah, it, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that is that's like that is super niche yeah but the competition is so low i get the quality score so regularly i sell regularly i've sold kilos and kilos of this stuff you know in 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 four or five little pieces which is mm. nine, ten, ten euros for four or five pieces, kilos and kilos, because no one can get get what I've got, and I'm twisting it into aromatherapy spas, hotels, where it will be used. Yeah. So yeah, there's a good example of a niche a niche product. Yeah. Yeah, and to that point, I think um, like it's about. Like that's a trend there, like the whole holistic therapy thing, you know, yoga, meditation, self-care, self-love, all that kind of stuff. It's about 
taking something that you already sell and you may have already sold to a different point to a different end for for a while and then going okay there's this new trend how can i adapt my product to to you know align with that because you you know you often can exactly what you have there so it's about yeah. um you know, not not you know not oh, oh they say think outside the box just get rid of the box just you just smash the box to bits get rid of it you know <laughs> this is not not serving you and um yeah yeah playing on trend and even even kind of seeing trends as they come in and adapting to them yeah yeah it's it, it it comes it comes back to the point that if you're going to sell something online um i'll give you another example i'll give you one more example of something that i had a hand in um a t-shirt okay everybody's doing t-shirts so everybody so it wasn't the case of i'm going to do another t-shirt this was this was working with a client of mine um it was we're going to take this t-shirt and we're going to we're going to give it to an entirely new market and then we're going to change the dimensions of the t-shirt and the focus was pregnant women so creating a t-shirt with a pouch at the front that can stretch and move with the pregnant woman and then have all sorts of funny slogans and this and all over the t-shirt literally made tons of money that, that i can't be any clearer than that yeah. they're everywhere now but four years ago they weren't anywhere so there, there's another example. It's a T-shirt. Everyone's selling T-shirts. Oh, hang on. Think. Sit in front of your product. Sit down in front of it with a notepad and pen. Look at it and then say to yourself, how can I make this different? What can I do with a T-shirt? You know, another thing that's been done, this, this, this is not my, um, my doing, but another thing is that you, you, most of you will now know is flip-up T-shirts. Flip-up. So it'll say something and you pull it over your head and there'll be a, a ninja face or something funny. Um, you know, it'll say, want to see my dinosaur. And then you go like that. And then there's a dinosaur head. I've never even seen them. Yes, exactly. They, they, and, and something that a lot of people won't realize is if you sell t-shirts, people think, Oh, I've got to get my stock ready. I've got to get my, my store ready for April, May, June to sell in the summer no 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 you will sell out in october november december <laughs> not in this not for the summer crazy but true that's how it works mm. yeah absolutely right um we'll get back to i guess one of the other questions that we were going to go through nick um i mean i'm not sure if you kind of encompass them all in there but um the ranking score sorry your ranking <clears throat> where is it? sorry i've lost myself in the notes here the ranking does come from like ranking and where does that come from and the quality score but i think did you already kind of cover that earlier in what you said it's, yeah it's basically that the the seo gets you in then once you start getting searches and favorites and um and then you make a sale very quickly the quality score takes over as the primary factor for you being found in the algorithm search on the platform that you're on and then behind that it's the velocity of sales that feeds the quality score that feeds the seo that gets you in front of the of the um of the customer search query so yeah. as an example 
if you if you did funny t-shirts uh funny funny t-shirt for dads or something like that um you're going to get a ton thousands tens of thousands of t-shirts come up but literally if you're the one that's been selling over and over again with those keywords and the quality score has come into you you're going to be pushed up ahead of most of the other people yeah so simple as that and when we talk about you know ranking what uh, and, and quality score to that end what does that mean for your actual product if you're selling it means that it's going to come up on page one and and and, and what you really want is to come above what they call the fold and the fold means you know on the device whether it be the phone or or the desktop and to, to, to that point, actually, uh, I would say, I don't know what you reckon, Nick, 60 to 70 percent of people are shopping on phones now or at least devices. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. that's important. Whatever yeah. you're selling is optimized for that. But yeah. So it means that if your rankings high, if your if your quality score is high, you're going to come up on page one. And what you want to be is above the fold. What the fold means is the screen as you see it before anyone has to scroll down at all. Like so it's usually the first maybe six products on a desktop and kind of three or four, depending on how big the kind of pictures of the product are on a um, on a mobile. But once you're in a, that position, the amount you will sell just because you are visible and, and so many people, like probably 70, 80, 90% of people don't even go past the first page um, because life's so quick now and everyone just wants everything instantly. They're like, yep, yeah, funny T-shirt for dad. Okay, boom, there we go. Yep, yeah, that's it, done. You know, just because just you're up there on that first page above the fold, because your ranking is high, because your quality score is high, and, and you know that ties in with SEO, as Nick's explained. That's when you're going to start making some big bucks. Yeah. Last ten minutes, Nick. I'll just jump over to Facebook here and see if we've had anyone ask any questions. Feel okay. free to jump in the comments, guys. Whatever you're listening on, you can usually put comments in, and please do ask some questions. Yep, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm ready. If anyone has any questions, yeah, for sure. Just give me a minute. Yeah. There's a little bit of a delay. So it's, it's either we haven't got any <laughs> or we just have to wait a few seconds for the delay. Okay. No, that's fine. Either way, it's all good. Andy Hudson asked, any tips for music sales? That's a really, I, <laughs> that's, that's a really broad question. I actually own a record label. Do you? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. No, uh, I do. I own a record label. Um, any tips for music sales? Um, I mean, feel, that, and, and that, Andy, feel free to give us a bit more context if you want, Andy, in that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, what I do for music is I built my presence on SoundCloud. So SoundCloud works on reposting. So you you open your account you i don't know where you know you whether you're an artist whether you're a label i don't know I, you haven't really said much but um 
open on SoundCloud, start to release your music on SoundCloud. And then what you do is if you're an artist is you approach labels uh, to repost your music to get it bigger exposure. And I'm, I'm someone, I've got 10,500 followers on SoundCloud, so I'm quite established in the brand of music that I do. Um, people come to me every day. Every day I get requests for reposts from artists um, that might be such as yourself uh, to expose their music. If I repost their track, it goes to every single one of my 10,500 followers, and that gives you a massive boost because people will start playing your track, they might like it, they, and then you will get followers from me so people actually pay me to be reposted so i charge a small fee that 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 guarantees them a repost so as an artist with music um i wouldn't i obviously you need a website and you know your own branding but if you want to grow i would be pushing you or directing you to soundcloud um to push your music that way using method that i've just explained there are other techniques that I could talk about. Um, if you get in touch again or you want me to elaborate more, um, I can perhaps send some information via Jake or something. But there are a number of different techniques you can use inside SoundCloud. Um, much like I've been saying uh, um, on Etsy, to get more exposure and grow as a music artist. Yeah, SoundCloud is where I'll be sending yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, SoundCloud's fantastic. Um, yeah, and I didn't know that actually about the repost. That it goes out to everyone. So good yeah. information. Andy said, thanks for that. Yeah, he's got, got that, the key is repost. Andy, uh, you're a good mate of mine. Feel free to drop me a message. I can pass it on to Nick if you want any more help on that. Um, Gavin Folger said, another good mate of mine. Interesting podcast again, Jake. Defo got me thinking about starting a store. I've been speaking to Gavin about this on the side anyway. Where is probably the best place to start with SEO? Uh, and basically, you know, what's the best place to start learning it and, and kind of yeah, getting a hold of it okay so i when it comes to s e-commerce seo e-commerce seo the best place to start is in front of your product seriously in front of your product because mm. the searches that you want to capture are the purchase phase searches the long tail keyword, the purchase phase searches. I prefer to call them purchase phase searches. So invariably, if you've got a t-shirt and you call it funny t-shirt, that's not a purchase phase keyword because one, you're never gonna rank for that keyword and two, even if you did rank for that keyword, funny t-shirt, whoever's put in that search, they're not probably not gonna buy, buy your t-shirt because they're not ready to buy. Once they've done funny T-shirt for dad, um, funny funny T-shirt for a gardener, um, bachelorette T-shirt, set of eight, whatever, whatever it is they're looking at, once they've done that refined purchase phase search, that is where the money is. So SEO, the first thing is don't worry about courses. Don't worry about... Um, techniques or search volume don't focus on that too much do focus on what your product is so i keep talking about t-shirts because it's such a good example you know if you're making funny t-shirts hopefully you're making funny t-shirts in different niches 
So you're not just making a funny T-shirt. You're talking about you're talking about prof um, one of the most profitable places you can do T-shirts is professions. So military, uh, medical, teaching, sports. Get into those niches and sub niches in there. Then your SEO becomes clear to you. You're SEOing the item around the nursing profession, medical or or military. So then you look at the item and it's like, well, is it specific inside? The, the, the medical profession, so are we talking about anaesthetists, radiologists, are we talking about surgeons, is the joke an in-joke for those people that work in that industry? So you go into what the item is in terms of content and then you look at your t-shirt and you say, well, is it heavyweight, is it crew neck, is it loose fit, regular, tight, skinny fit, does it have a pocket? You know, all these things, where's the label? The label, is it at the top? Is it top and side? Because people hate the labels up here. That's a selling point, by the way, where the yeah, label I, is. You know, you know. I always rip them off. If they're, if they're, <laughs> I literally rip them out. Yeah. yeah. So, so the SEO, what I'm getting at, guys, is, is you look at the item. And people might think, what kind of advice is that? That is, that is because you describing your item to the platform, to the algorithm, is telling the buyer what the item is. And the buyer who's coming in on that search because you've taken the time to describe the item fully is going to be a buyer. They're not going to be a browser. They're more likely to be a buyer. So that is number one. Number two, to give you an idea of keyword sets. So, you know, just to get you into the, the groove of finding keyword sets, just go to Google and type in the item that you're selling. So funny man's T-shirt, whatever, or whatever it is, you know, uh, um, quality kitchen knife or whatever the item is, and just see what the auto suggest says. Look at the bottom of Google to see also the relevant searches to give you an idea of what people are looking for. So it's a combination of looking in search engines to see what keywords are coming up and using your own common sense and describing your item fully. Remember I said, um, I think I said, on Etsy, SEO is describing the same item in different ways. So you describe the same item in different ways to fill up your product title space, lots of unique keywords. So yeah. The number one thing is sit in front of your item and just go over everything. And once you've done it once, it'll get quicker and quicker. Don't sit there thinking, oh, God, I can't spend half an hour in front of 200 products. You don't need to. Once you get going, once you start to, to get this simple idea of describing the product, it gets a lot faster. Sorry, I went on a bit there. <laughs> I know. It's important you give a good and full answer. And, and we'll probably run a couple of minutes over here. That's fine. Um, I would just like to add something to that that, you know, when you're thinking about SEO, like just simply look at the thing. Like I'll take this, in fact, no, I'll take this because it's a good example. Like look at the thing and go, if I was to look for that on the internet, what would I type in? Like what would I, what would I call that? What would I type in? Just think, because, you know, the people that are searching, they're people just like you and what they type in to look for the thing, you know, perhaps ask five or 10 of your friends or family, you know, this is a, a wax candle it's one of those crackly ones it's a sand a sand and driftwood one so what would i type in i'd probably type in as a bloke of my age i'd probably type in smelly crackle candle that's probably what i thought god it smells great um i'd probably type in smelly crackle candle or something like that you know and then just write ask, ask 10 other people make sure you ask women and guys from various ages 
and, and then just make a list of them. Uh, and and that's going to give you some of your your keywords and, and search terms. Maybe, Nick, one more thing. Um, I know someone tried – the way to explain this is is pretty – pretty tough and I, I can't never seem to explain it in a good way but the difference and a lot of people won't know there is a difference between keywords and search terms yeah keywords if i understand you right keywords are just any word that you could use to describe an item search terms are keywords that have floated up through the sea of words and become terms that people regularly use and therefore you would want to incorporate into your SEO, which is why I was suggesting just quickly, I mean, there's many different ways you can do it, but Google, look at their um, autocomplete and look at the, the suggested search to see those terms. And something that comes from this is that a, a short tail keyword or, 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 or keyword that you're not going to rank for inevitably runs into something much longer or purchase phase that you will buy from that someone will buy from you anyway if you're doing your seo well you will have um funny men's white dog t-shirt funny men's white dog t-shirt that is a purchase phase keyword but dog t-shirt on its own is not it's a it's a browse phase keyword but when you look at suggested search, when you look at search terms, dog t-shirt is something that's obviously going to have loads of search volume. That is a search term. So is funny men's white dog t-shirt, but that is keywords you've put together to make it relevant to your item. So when you go into Google, and if you went into Keyword Planner to see the volume of searches for, for whatever keyword string you want to use, Dog T-shirts probably going to have nine thousand results a month, or twelve, or twenty thousand. But funny men's white dog T-shirt, even if Google gives you any information on that, it might be a hundred, two hundred, four hundred. I don't know. It's going to be low compared to dog T-shirt. So I think um, that that's my interpretation of of, the, of your question. Yeah, no, no, it does uh, make sense, and I hope uh, that's give the audience a bit more clarity. Nick, it's been um, fantastic spending some time with you again. If any of you guys, yep. you know, want some help with your store, um, perhaps thinking about moving into this space, you know, I'll put myself out there as well. I've been in this space for a long time. Contact me through Facebook or Instagram. you find me very easily on both of them, just Jake here at 7. But Nick's really the guy you want to speak to, I'll tell you that. And if, you, if you've noticed, he's been scrolling through the whole episode, so you really can't miss it. We've got a, a little banner at the bottom here. Um, at Etsy specialist on Facebook and Upwork yeah. is, you know, we talked about Upwork on the last episode, which is essentially a fantastic space for freelancers to be hired and for you to find freelancers all around the world. And they're all shown very easily and very clearly in their their quality and their their reviews and their level of their ability. And you can find Nick on Upwork by typing in Nicholas P. I actually found out, Nick, that was the best way to find you. Um, but because there was a, quite a few guys called Nick P on there, but Nicholas P and um, yep. see a black and white photo of Nick with uh, slightly longer hair than he's got now, but it's definitely, <laughs> definitely the same guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's me, it's me. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, thanks, thanks Nick, and uh, I know I'll be speaking to you soon. And thanks for joining, everyone. Um, the you know, show is nothing without its guests, so thank you all, particularly guys who watched last week and this week. Really appreciate you. And if you've enjoyed the show, please like, share, 
follow and you know suggest it to some other people that you think might get some value to take care everyone enjoy your weekend right. and enjoy your weekend as well nick you too bye bye yeah